going on? Not too much. Just been working a bunch, riding a bunch, trying to stay sane during all this stuff. And, yeah. you know, Shit. It's, been, it's been pretty good. Yeah. How about you? I'm laid off, so I'm just kind of camping out, yeah. doing what I can, you know. <laughs> Honing on the air stuff, getting all that going. Yeah, building up inventory so that way I can sell to shops and stuff, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, Mesrol up here has a bunch of your stuff, and obviously kids rocking the, the crossbar pads and all that stuff out here. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, he, he placed a pretty big order. That's like the biggest order I ever, ever yeah. had to do with. Yeah. Okay, you work with uh, Steven Berkshire too? Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. I sent him a package before I sent Mesrol's, and uh, it was laid up in shipping, and he's getting it today. Nice, nice. Yeah. And you're in New York right now, right? Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn. So I've been up here for like, I guess like five years now. Damn. Almost. That's yeah. crazy. Flying by. <laughs> yeah. Well, fuck, man. Where should we start? You want to you wanna take it back? Yeah, take sure. Wherever, man. Cool. Yeah, man. Um, shit. So you're originally from Levittown? Is that right? Yeah, so I'm from Levittown, um, Pennsylvania. It's like 25 minutes outside Philly. It's kind of in between that and Trenton, New mm-hmm. Jersey. Um so that's kind of where I like started riding and everything. Damn. And uh, do you know anything about the history of Levittown? Do you know that there's like Levittowns all across the country? Yeah, there's actually one up here. So there's one in Long Island. That was like the first one. Oh, okay. Um, it's the dude William Levitt actually is kind of a, a unsavory character. He's a bit <laughs> racist and yeah. Like I know when they did Levittown, like when they first did the one in New York, you know, it was probably in like the '40s or something like that. And obviously, like segregation was still pretty prominent back then and they yeah. like made it a point not to let like any african-americans live in those communities and it's you know that was like part, definitely part of the history and the one in pennsylvania was next and there was like big riots there in the 60s because um the first like black family that ever moved in there was like a bunch of civil unrest there and you know half this half the town supported it, the other half was like against the type of thing and you know obviously it doesn't reflect on how it is nowadays it's like mm-hmm. a pretty diverse place but um, yeah, back then it was definitely crazy, but I, you know, I grew up there my whole life. My dad's lived there his whole life. So he was like a first, you know, a first homeowner resident there. He like actually grew up like less than a mile from where, where my parents' house is now. So it's, he's, he's been in that same little area his whole life. Wow. I think there's actually one in Puerto Rico too. <laughs> Jesus. There's like three of them. Damn. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty bizarre little place because all the houses, there's like only four five or six different models it was basically right. you know the way they developed it was kind of model or how henry did the model t yeah how it was like an assembly line so you know like they would have a bunch of people laying concrete and then after that would dry and someone would come in and do some framing and then you know they would be building like six houses in a day so it was just like a mass-produced suburb it was like one of the first of its kind yeah so i'd always be reading about it in our history classes and shit like that but it's kind of interesting but if you go there it's just really weird because it's very cookie cutter like right all the houses look identical is, um isn't um, edward scissorhands like wasn't that like based off of something like levittown or something like that or was that like, I don't know. palm springs <laughs> shit no i don't know it was a movie with matt damon that came out like is it fuck it came out recently is it like suburbia or this i don't know man it was, it's uh, yeah it's it's a i forget the name of the movie but that was loosely based off levittown and it does kind of I think I've never seen it, but I mm. think it kind of dives into some of the, the, um, the civil rights stuff that, that yeah. kind of happened. So 
That's crazy. I didn't expect you to know so much about it. Shit. I mean, I'm, I'm like any more of more of a history buff as of late. Just like kind of, especially like for local shit, like anything yeah. in Pennsylvania, New York. I, I'd like. I'm into that stuff. So definitely, man. I like. I grew up in Lebanon, but I don't. I don't know too much about it. I've been. I live in Steelton now, and I. I went off the deep end oh, on some Wikipedia shit. articles on it. What's that? Seen the hips? I never had to hit those hips yet. The Steelton ones? Or is it Steelton or is it Town Over? The ones that are like at the bank? Oh, yeah. It's right. It's, um, I live on the street that goes right to it. Yeah. Man, that's fucking sick. I gotta, I've been trying to hit that for a little bit. Just yeah. haven't made it out to Central Bay in a while. It's basically on the same street as the skate park. <laughs> Without giving out too <laughs> much info, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn, yeah, it's it was abandoned for a while. Yeah. Oh, is it back in business now? It looks like something's kind of in there, but I, you know, I can't I can't quite tell yet if they're just using the parking lot or what. But, damn. So, so if if you grew up in Levittown, where like all the houses, like in Lebanon, it's Lebanon was like an extension of Bethlehem steel so all of our houses kind of looked the same and if I went to my buddy's house I could bet that I knew where the bathroom was but was like Levittown like or like the Levittown houses same shit so basically yeah they they kind of had like six or seven different models so like depending on what neighborhood you live in you might get like one of two models Mm -hmm. so like if I'm my neighborhood uh, I know like where everything is but like if I go to like one of my buddy's house so like most of the chocolate truck dudes grew up out there and like we're all from like little different neighborhoods within Levittown. So like if you go to someone else's house, I'm like, oh, they, they got this layout, but you still know where everything is. And like, yeah. it, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's exactly the same thing. You know exactly where everything is. And like, it's to a fucking T. You're like, oh, that's my room. <laughs> you know, all the layouts and shit like that. So Damn, that's crazy. So what made you get into riding? Was it, was it just something, just a part of like the normal thing like everybody else or... Yeah, like, I grew up around the, the Niranata brothers. Like, I was friends with them before I really started riding. They lived, lived down the street from me. Them and actually, like, Bita, Brian Woods. Yeah. So we all grew up, like, uh, a few streets away from each So we, like, used to mess around the basketball courts. And um, Joey and Ryan's dad was – he actually used to flatland back in the day. So he always had, like, bikes laying around. And he got, a, got them into skateboarding. And they had a basketball court right across the street from their house. We were like jumping X back to ramps and doing all that. And then, yeah. you know, like we actually had this like kind of sick little, I think like most people, we just had like one of those little dirt lips that was like carved out of a hill. And, um, it was right by our elementary school. So we would always go down there and like, it's kind of pretty weird how like our town had such a big riding scene for being just like a random suburban town in Philly. Like, right. um, like JJ Palmier's from here and, um, there was just always a shit ton of riders. There was like a big bike shop in our town called Larry's that like everyone used to go to. And there was like, from the time I can remember, there was always just a huge scene. So like, like most kids, we just started jumping stuff and all that. But then you kind of go to the bike shop and then you start to learn, mm-hmm. you know, how everything works. There was like always just so many trails around growing up. So yeah, a lot of the older kids dug those and it was kind of our time to take them over. We would just, put like grind boxes in between the jumps and like wall rides so i think we definitely like just wrote everything growing up we built like pallet ramps and all that stuff so it was like very much the diy stuff and um riding street riding dirt like we didn't have too many skate parks Mm -hmm. um and none of us had our license back then so it was like the closest one was maybe like a 30 minute pedals oh there once in a while it was mostly just like 
messing around the woods, riding little manual pads behind shopping centers and stuff like that. And then, you know, as I got a bit older, it was definitely like taking the train to Philly every single weekend, pretty much. So, so there was a train, a main train artery from Levittown straight to the city. Yeah, it was like R three, like the West Trent line. So it was like a, okay, cool. Probably like forty five minutes to an hour, but. We'd always have issues with the kids because there'd be like 10 of us at a time. Like we had a big scene growing up, so there'd always be like a bunch of kids that wanted to go. So we'd have to take different train lines and different train times because SEPTA would only let you take like yeah. three bikes on a particular train at a time. So we'd like, all right, yo, we're going to go with this train at eight. You guys come at nine and then you guys take the Bristol line <laughs> and we'd like split up like that. And we'd all meet at City Hall and like none of us had cell phones. So you just have to like post up at City Hall or Domino's and when you got kicked out you'd go to you'd do the rotation between like Friends Select, Domino's, City Hall and like just keep doing that until you ran into everybody and then you'd <laughs> break out from there but damn that's crazy man like I I remember what it was like without a cell phone but I wasn't like taking the train into the city to meet up with people without a cell phone that's gnarly there'd always be like one person in the crew that had one but it was just <laughs> tough because you'd be like stay there you know like don't yeah. leave and then you get kicked out and you're like kind of lingering like what the fuck do we do and you just like go to Domino's, try and come back to city hall and <laughs> yeah. it was definitely definitely a fun time and like a good time to grow up i guess it's yeah. one of those things where like once you're with people too since no one had really cell phones you couldn't really leave mm-hmm. so it was kind of more motivation just to stay with everybody for the whole day and, you know is that um is that where you met the rest of the chocolate chuck crew is just on your trips into into philly kind of both so though i think it was like on the really early end stages of the internet so it was kind of funny because like levittown's a pretty big suburb so it's kind of divided into three different school districts oh wow so like my school district i went to school with like joe and ryan Nirnata and Vita. we all went to the same schools but then like kevin van or nick barrett john yo all those guys went to a, a, a different school district so like um I didn't really read those guys till I got a little bit older, maybe when I was like 14 or 15. And then like, you know, I hop on the internet and you're on MySpace and all of a sudden you're like, dude, like, damn, there's other kids in my town that ride. Or like you bump into them at the bike shop and you're like, who the fuck are these kids? You yeah. know, like it's other kids riding our town and, um, just, just through like, I guess the internet and stuff. And then, you know, obviously we all became friends pretty quick and, you know, just started going to the city a bunch together and riding around town together. Damn. When did uh when did the chocolate truck name and theme kind of start? Uh, probably like two thousand and eight. Like we were always filming and making videos, and um, like we were like you know the scene. I'm gonna be a dead horse. The scene was always so good, so we just had a bunch of kids that were always motivated, and mm-hmm. you know we always looked up to all the little devil guys because they were local, and you know like guys like Wiz, and they're always putting out video parts, so like you kind of wanted to emulate that. So mm-hmm. uh, we were always just like filming, taking photos running our little local BMX websites or whatever and yeah. just trying to build up our little scene that way. So um, we had done like a couple smaller DVDs from just like our crew. And then, um, you know, as you get older, some guys kind of fell out of it, but we still had kind of our main core group of guys. And I had just started going to Temple and, you know, I think just having like a spot in Philly and dudes are coming down all the time. Mm-hmm. We kind of like solidified that crew, I guess. I don't know. just all those things just happened organically back then but we just it, it was just the name of the video and then it's the crew and just that whole sort of thing so that's crazy because uh the first time i ever uh i don't know how to put it like i was at uh x games in the franklin yeah. mills mall 
Yeah. And I saw somebody with a sticker that said, Can't Stop L-Town. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm from Lebanon, I'm thinking L-Town, and I'm like, who the f- I, I remember people telling me that. <laughs> Where the fuck are these guys from? Yeah, like, people oh, saying that from Lebanon, because you guys called that L-Town too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was like, so that was, like our, that was like our thing. We were just making yeah. stickers and shirts and trying to get something going, and then, yeah. Yeah. I think we actually had shirts at one point, but I don't know for that, and then chocolate truck was like the thing that I guess we kind of like you know just kind of making a consolidated effort to do things and it's all collaborative and mm-hmm. you know all with the friends just trying to have a project to work towards I guess that's cool yeah damn so you had a couple videos under your belt before even chocolate truck one came out yeah I think I did like I was always like really interested in videos I remember mm-hmm. you know just like me and, and the near and Otter brothers we would just like film on this is before I even had like a computer that could like had a firewire input or anything like that. <laughs> I'd record on the camera and then I'd run the tape back through a VHS and I'd plug in my PlayStation to the audio jack and I'd play like I don't know, some fucking like some forty one C D or like <laughs> Wink two C D. I'd like dub the audio over the, the riding and you know what I mean, just play it that way. So I was always doing that stuff and then I think my mom wow. got a digital camera that took like videos and then from there you could upload that right to the computer and I think it had like maybe Windows Movie Maker, so I did that first, and then, you know, I kind of just got really into it, I I had like an older Sony after that, and I finally got the FireWire input, and um, I think I probably had Final Cut, I I can't remember what I was editing on, but, um, yeah, I I don't know what the first program I had was, but it was just like, I was was always really into video stuff, and taking photos, and it was always kind of went hand in hand, I was very much into writing, but very much into like, I guess just capturing everything that was going on so yeah and I, I feel like editing and producing a video like especially if you're picking music you're picking the shots you know you're kind of not just shots but like the angles it's like a chance to like shape how you know your buddy comes across or like the the view of like what happened that day or or anything like that you know yeah for sure and I like I'm very fortunate a lot of my friends are like you know good writer so just like oh like you're there and you're like i gotta capture this you know what i mean like it's just it 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 just adds another element to like you know pedaling around finding spots doing Mm -hmm. that shit just like really fun for us and it just kind of always went hand in hand i can't remember a time when we weren't like ever filming even when we like were barely learning how to ride we were like still filming everything and taking photos everything it's just always kind of like a hobby that i i like to do it's almost like well it's almost like uh if, if somebody eats it, you kind of want to get that on tape, you know? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was very much that way. Like, it, was, it wasn't always riding. All those tapes were, like, half riding and half us trying to, like, emulate jackass and stuff like that. And <laughs> Jumping doing random skits and just, like, doing a bunch of bizarre B-roll. Yeah. Know? Damn. That's crazy. So is there any more to, uh, to meeting the crew? Is there any crazy stories, like, meeting up with everybody? Or you want to go into maybe editing Chocolate Chuck Run? And I mean, not really. I mean, like, there's definitely, like, I don't know if it was animosity, but, like, you know, I think East Coast and British Territorial, so, like, like yeah. who the fuck are these kids? Like, the first time I ever met, like, Kevin Van Ock or, like, Nick Barrett, and it's just funny because those are, like, two of my best friends now. We're little kids. There's definitely, like, all right, these kids are pretty good. Like, <laughs> what the fuck are they doing at our jumps, you know, how they find this place? And, like, you know, it was kind of like that. It's, it's just funny how, like, looking back on it, we were definitely, like, a little skeptical, like, you know, you, you feel like, oh, man, these kids are pretty good. Like, <laughs> the hell are they doing around here? And now, now they're just, like, some of my best friends. And, like, you know, we've just been riding together and 
you know, they were all in my wedding and stuff like that. So it's just, it's, it's funny how things evolve from those like first interactions and how they grow into, you know, your friendships today. So, yeah. but yeah. And then for most of the dudes, we all grew up together and like Joby and Steve, um, both went to college with, with those guys at Temple. So that's how we kind of oh, met wow. and, um, met those guys a little bit later on. Same thing with like Brendan, Brendan Reith and like Mike Swift, mm-hmm. uh, met those guys a little bit later on too. Um, always knew about them growing up just from like the skate parks and riding to the and bumping in those guys and seeing their videos, but, mm-hmm. um, kind of just got into those guys when we were older riding around with them. Damn. That's crazy, man. Um, so, I remember reading somewhere that you had to edit the chocolate truck video twice because somebody busted into your your apartment. I guess this was like after you did you start in the temple dorms and then you got your own spot and that's where it got yeah, busted so into. I was in the dorm the first year, um, moved off campus and like um, most people I don't know if most people been to temple but it's like it's a nice school but it's just kind of it's in North Philly yeah. and it's much better now but like when I was going to school there it was it's you know it's the hood. Um, yeah. like it's pretty grimy and my first house was in like a decent area and then my second house was you know kind of in the hood and then when we got the chocolate truck house with like me kev steve and joby we were like you know still in the mix and we all went out riding one night um and i guess some dudes must have been watching our house because we were only going for like two hours came back xbox is going laptops going all that stuff and i had backed up all the footage and all the project files on like my other drive but unfortunately, when they took everything, they grabbed the backpack to like help carry shit out, and that had my drive in it. So like, Damn. they didn't even know, but they had got my hard drive too. Um, so like, I didn't lose too much editing, but I had to recapture like years of footage. Wait. You know? So this is probably what this is probably in 2010 or 2011, and we had started filming like 2008. So I had to capture recapture like three years of footage. So that was just like. It was pretty demoralizing, you know, like, because we were, we were getting close to finishing, not finishing it up, but we were like, kind of like, all right, yeah, it's like, let's lock in on this and see if we can push this thing out. And then like that happened. And I was like, there was a point where I was probably like, I'm not doing this shit. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. I had probably like 50 or 60 tapes and I was like, this is going to take so fucking long to go through all this stuff. And you said you didn't have to re-edit it. You're, like, did you have some kind of project file saved or something? So, no, no, so I lost all the project files too, but I hadn't done that much editing. I was mostly just like organizing. I, but oh, the big thing gotcha. was just like, I didn't have any single clips. And back then, the worst part about it was like, you know, I, I was just a little sloppy with stuff. So there was times mm-hmm. when like I'd be out and I didn't have an extra tape mm-hmm. and I'd run out. So then I'd like tape over stuff that I already captured. Mm-hmm. So oh, then when I would no. recap stuff, I'm like, oh fuck, I'm missing certain footage. And like, there was like the spring garden fountain, like the big like U-shaped thing. Yes. John Yo had nose manual that thing. And oh. by the time that we got like all the footage stolen from us, that thing was like fenced off. Yeah, because so like, they oh, got rid of it, right? How, how are you gonna go do it again? So we had to like sneak in a few different times and like, you know, it, he was young and it took him a bunch of tries. I'm sure he could do it pretty easily now, but it took him a bunch of tries. And uh, like we would just be getting kicked out all the time. And I think we had to go back a couple times and like, I just felt so fucking bad about that. And when he finally landed, I was like elated. I was like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't feel like such a piece of shit anymore. But Damn. there's definitely some some situations like that where dudes, you know, like clips never saw light of day because of that. So that definitely sucked. Damn. I didn't know. Like, it's one thing to re-edit, a vi- like, edit the video, but like to recapture, that's crazy. Yeah, like re-editing would have been that bad. But like just, 
through just years and years of footage just having to go through it all again was like not ideal <laughs> it was definitely just like every night just like all right i'm gonna do three tapes tonight oh like, my god all right i'm gonna do another three tapes tonight i was like locking wow. myself in the room and meanwhile these dudes are all trying to go out rod and film and i'm like mm -hmm. trying to juggle all that so just a pain in the ass for sure but are you familiar with batch capture at all yeah i mean i i, I always like to just have my clips like cut up so that's how i do it i go individually but yeah like my buddy showed me how you can go through and set your ins and your outs and then you click back batch capture and you walk away and the and the computer somehow will go through the tape for you yeah but i don't use end search really i'm yeah. like real bad with that shit so like my time codes are all screwy and exactly yeah that's what you, me you have to be like pretty organized and i've never been very organized so <laughs> <laughs> my problem yeah. would be like if if i had somebody else filming like i don't know how however it would, would may be they would always hit rec like stop recording way too soon so like you didn't have like that little bit end of the clip that happens to me too yeah <laughs> <laughs> take like a fraction of a second and slow it down just to just to drag yeah. it out i mean i'm i like to film i like to do all that stuff but i very much like being in the moment riding so i definitely have those moments too where someone will land something I get excited. I'm already trying to like celebrate with them yeah. or like, you know, like, you know, dap them up and I'm like forgetting that I'm still holding the camera type of thing, <laughs> yelling in the background on own clips and stuff like that. So Damn. I'm definitely guilty of all that stuff. That's crazy. So with, uh, with chocolate truck one, did you, did you have like sponsors like already? Like, did you have the video together and you're like, Hey, do you guys want to get in on this or? How did that come about? No, it was kind of like, so Kevin got on Fiend. He was like, when they first did Fiend, like he was one of the first AM riders on there. Like I think each pro got to pick an AM. And just from being from Town, like JJ had seen some of his footage and like, you know, knew, you know, Kevin was pretty well known around the area. He's just a really good rider, really humble guy. So like, I think JJ just like, he's perfect for the team, put him on. So he nice. was already riding for Fiend at the time. And I think I had gotten on, kink through daryl taco so he just kind of um you know i rode with him a couple times and mm -hmm. we'd always keep in touch and keep in contact and i showed him some of my stuff one day and he was like oh cool and he sent me a bunch of bad timing stuff and then i got a call like a week later from jay over at kink and he was like oh you want to like ride for us and i'm like who the fuck is this you know like <laughs> someone fuck with me and um so i think me and him both had that and then brendan was on like fit and scavenger before the video came out i think Mm -hmm. um, and then some of the stuff with Animal was like kind of going on behind the scenes before we put the video out, but it was all kind of like right around the same time. Damn. So, That's cool. Yeah. Uh, how did you get the distribution for Chocolate Truck One? Was that through Animal or? Yeah, so that was all through Animal. So like I said, we were kind of, I think Bob was living in Philly at the time mm -hmm. and he was just like always looking out for us. You know, Navaz was always kind of putting in a good word. Dudes like Tom and Belcher, like we'd always known those guys and you know i think the thing about philly like the brotherly love thing people always joke about it because it's as a bad rap as a city but like <laughs> as far as the bmx community goes like those dudes all look out for each other and especially the younger guys there's never any animosity they always hooked us up they're always trying to give us opportunities and and you know like i remember times like belcher would give us brand new parts when he was riding like older animal parts just so we oh, could wow. like hook us up and like you, you know guys would always, always just have our back so um I think I got on Animal first, and then like Joe and Rod, or I'm sorry, Brendan was on Animal first, and then I got on shortly after that, probably just through Brendan and Bob, and um, then I kind of got the Near Nada Brothers on, and then 
we just kind of kept like you know putting good words for all the homies and you know i think pretty much everyone rides for animal now <laughs> um, in the crew but um i think box like wanted to help out with the video as much as possible so they bought a shit ton of copies off us and they were pushing it to like different countries and you know like i didn't really foresee it that big when i was ordering copies i was like oh maybe i'll get like 300 or 400 and he was like definitely the the driving force he's like you should get a thousand <laughs> we'll take like half of them right off you so they took like half and i was like what the fuck are they gonna sell all these and they were just like pushing to all the distros so it was really cool because you know we were just looking at it as more of like a local video and they really pushed it out to all these other countries and mm-hmm. you know i think other countries have these like really big street scenes that all kind of like that style of riding so it was really well received in some areas and like got a bunch of positive feedback and it was just it was cool man it was it was definitely a cool experience and like just cool to see the reception it got i guess yeah it, it, it seemed like you guys blew up like immediately man like when i um when i moved to rochester i i met cork ryan cork you know him yeah, yeah, yeah. i was just with him this weekend <laughs> oh shit yeah so uh like the first video he shows me he's like i don't know how to explain it like he was just like this is my favorite video of all time ever and basically we would go to the skate park and then after the park we would go to his house chill and watch edits and stuff and we always watched the chocolate truck video and i was just like this has that much like i know it's only new york like you know philly to new york but yeah i just it, it blew my mind that like a whole different pocket of people could like totally be into your shit like like the reach yeah, and engagement. i think it's just very much like relatable stuff you know like yeah. it's like not you know I don't want to discount it because there's obviously like so much crazy riding that like all those guys did but you know it's just like I think any video that kind of has like the that you can like relate to as all right these are friends all riding together you know it's not like a company video and not to say anything negative about that because they're obviously sick but like mm-hmm. bigger productions it, you look at it more as like all right this is like a company video but yeah. I think our video is probably more relatable to most kids and um you know, we were just doing what other crews were doing and just trying to like emulate that. And um, I'm just, you know, I, I'm hyped that it was so well received by so many people. Yeah, it was. It was kind of like the the East Coast version of Voices, you know, like. I mean, I wouldn't go that. I mean, Voices is like one of my all time favorite. Videos, yeah. But like, yeah, very much the same way. Like those guys all just rode together and like, yeah, you know, they all lived in a house together. Like that was the the thing that I always wanted to do. I was like, I just want to be around, like. Mm-hmm my group of friends and and just film everything and make a video from it and like you know i've had opportunities like film other things and smaller projects for like companies and stuff like that and like it's not really anything i've ever been interested in because it's like so much of what motivates me is like my group of friends and and us riding together and doing that sort of thing so yeah i can cut this out if you want you guys (laughs) entered this etnies contest and win shoes for life or something that was me. It was for a year, so it was like it was for a, um, okay. that was funny, man. I forgot about that. It was for grounded, I think, and it was like a what was it? It was like a, a remix contest. So you basically had to make an edit using all the footage from grounded. Oh. So there was like a B roll thing in the in the back half of the DVD, and you had to make like a remix using all the B roll stuff. Um, so like I think I just cherry picked all the clips that were filmed BX. Like I, I literally <laughs> didn't use anything that was HD because I just wanted to look like I guess cohesive, and I just cherry picked all that. And 
cut it all up like a big team mix and then um yeah i won i i ended up winning which is pretty cool and i got like uh free shoes for like a year so i ended up getting like 20 pairs of shoes damn all right so, but i was like selling most of them on ebay <laughs> I, was, I was kind of broke so yeah, yeah i would just like get a pair and i would just like see what was like the most expensive pair and i'd pick that one and then just get like a size that was pretty common and then just try and get rid of it on ebay or something like that <laughs> nice that works Shit. yeah gotta do what you gotta do i guess yeah um was there any kind of like um song last second song switches or anything like that with chocolate truck one yeah there actually was i think well kev was gonna write a curtis mayfield song it's called if there's hell below we're all gonna go nice. and like maybe like a month before the video came out timmy theus used it in like an edit and i don't know it was at the time like I, I wouldn't care now but at the time there was like less content coming out obviously so like i actually like watched most of the videos that were coming out i was just mm -hmm. like and i like that dude's writing so i was kind of like fuck man like yeah it would have been like an honest mistake type of thing but it just i was like yeah just you know there was enough time where i was like all right let's just swap it out but i think most of most of the music didn't really change. I know Brennan's song kind of changed mm -hmm. just because it's one of those things where like we were editing it for so long and it's kind of why I'm working a different way this time, but we were editing it for so long that like I had watched some of those sections so many times that I got so sick of the music by the time we were <laughs> about to put it out. So like, I think Navaz suggested Brennan's song kind of last minute and um, we used that. And then we didn't change it, but Steve's song was actually used in LFS, which came out like right around the same time. Oh shit. So they actually came over to our house and our video had already been sent to the duplicators and theirs had just came out. <laughs> and, and they were over our house and they're like, yo, we wanna show you our video. And like the first riff comes in and I'm like, motherfucker. You know? like, <laughs> Damn. It was cool because we were friends with those guys and we just laughed about it. We we're like, you know, shit happens. Yeah. Got good taste in music. What are you going to do, you know? Yeah, it's not like so, you were, it was blatantly like, I want to use this. Yeah, they yeah. It, was, it. it was just like right back to back and they would they thought it was funny. We thought it was funny. It was just kind of like Damn. a bizarre thing because it was like just a uh, like a jazz instrumental mm -hmm. that like, I don't even know how we found it, but. It was just funny they used the same exact ones. So. Of all tracks, too. Yeah, some obscure Yeah, shit. right? Like, it wasn't, like, a common song. It was, And it wasn't even, like, a... Yeah, it, it was just, like, kind of, like, a random kind of jazz riffy song. And it was funny. Damn. What uh, what uh, kind of new things are you doing with Chocolate Truck 2? Like, just, like, I, I haven't really started, like, the process of applying music to parts. I really just started recently mm -hmm. just because... One, I'm like, I've been, I don't know why, but I just haven't been super motivated to edit, which is kind of a bad thing. But since all this, like, COVID shit happened, I've actually been, like, doing it a lot more. That's cool. I, I have a hard time, like, juggling behind a computer all day my job and then coming home and trying to, like, edit. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, you'd probably be behind a computer for so many hours in a day. So I think that was kind of yeah. tough for me. And yeah. Um, I think now I just haven't really applied any of the music. I've just been slowly accumulating songs that I like and running it by guys and, you know, I think maybe you could write something like this. And mm -hmm. I pretty much have everyone's timeline set up the way that I kind of envision the pacing of the parts to go and, and the order of the tricks to go. Um, and then, like, we'll just play songs over top of it, and you kind of, like, can get a general feel of, like, this might work, this might not. Right. Um, so I always kind of have songs in the back pocket so that when it does, um, you know, now I'm, like, really starting to kind of, like, uh, I guess get more organized and, and start to like actually cut up some of the parts and, and put some songs to it. But I really just didn't want to get in that same pattern where like I was sitting on these timelines that were just about finished for like months on end 
because then you just watch it too much and then you get sick of this shit before it even comes out so yeah i've been trying to doing that but it, it is hard because it's kind of part of the process so just i guess juggling that damn it sounds like a more fluid layout so that way like it's not set in stone from like the first clip going in the timeline like it, it can morph how you see fit as you go through yeah yeah for sure damn okay cool man so from college you went to you went to school for communications right Something yeah like i went uh, i was like broadcast telecom mass media but it was like under the communication school it's the same thing and I, I think i mean it sounds creepy but like that i know some of these weird things about you but like i think i read somewhere that you were doing you were filming for dude tour at one point yeah that's like kind of a random thing that like i didn't even intend to get that gig at all so i basically what was i doing i, I had just graduated and um I was working part-time for the uh, Flyers and Sixers at the, the Spectrum. Right on. So, like, I was doing that, and that was, like, originally what I wanted to do. I wanted to do, like, sports broadcasting. Um, is that filming it, or? Yeah, so that was the thing, is, like, I was filming some stuff. So, like, the Philly Soul, like, the arena football team, yeah. the wings, the kicks. I was able to film all those because that was, like, smaller market, smaller budget. Um, but for the Flyers and Sixers, I was a cable pooler. So I'm basically just behind the camera guy holding the cable. And, like, that's fine. I'm, like, down to, like, put in the work and, like, work my way up in the industry. But there was guys that were, like, in their mid-30s cable pooling. And I'm, like, all right, like, how how do I get on camera? And they're, like, oh, you got to wait for one of these dudes to die. And I'm, like, oh, <laughs> like, funny, like, for real. And they're, like, no, like, you have to wait for these guys to die. They've been doing it for, like, 40 years. Most of their dads were, like, in the union and stuff growing up. So I'm just, like, wow. I can't make 12 bucks an hour until I'm 35 years old doing yeah. this shit. And it's all part-time. And, like, you got to, like you know, get in with the producer to get on the schedule more. And mm-hmm. it was at a bad time because the Sixers are decent now, but at that time they were really rebuilding. So like they were just getting fucking blown out by people <laughs> all the time. So like there was maybe like 8,000 people at the games and, you know, it was cool. It was cool to work on that stuff, but I was just looking for something else. So mm-hmm. I was like looking at Craigslist ads and um, I saw like a, a gig for like a, a full-time um, production assistant and it was like a town over from me, like where I grew up. So I was living in Philly at the time, but I was like, my lease was about to be up. Mm-hmm. Most of the guys were younger than me, so they were gonna stay at Temple, and I wasn't really trying to stay at Temple, and I was trying to figure out like where I was gonna live and stuff like that. So I ended up moving back home to my parents' house, and I was like, ah, oh, this will work out, because like it's, it's right around uh, the way for me. So I answered that, go into the office, um, and I'm just like about to do the interview, and I'm like looking around the office, and they got like Edwin's truck driver cover photo from ride bmx like yeah. on the wall they got like you know like dirt biking photos on the wall and all this shit and i'm like what the fuck is this because like it didn't say anything about that and the guy was basically like oh i saw that you do like freelance action sport videography and you've done like live broadcast stuff and he's like i was like i thought nobody would be intrigued by that i'm like well, like what do you guys do here and like oh we do all the do tour stuff and i'm like oh fuck <laughs> so like it just happened like randomly so i got to work on a bunch of stuff for like red bull supercross and all that shit and then I ended up getting to do like all the do tours um, for like a year and a half. So I got to go to like the winter do tours and the summer do tours and um, the one out in San Francisco. So it was like a pretty cool gig. Damn. That's yeah. cool. So how did you transition from there to where you are now? Or was there more stuff in between? Or Nah, it was, it was really just like that gig kind of fizzled out. Um, they weren't like a really agile company. They only had a contract with um, – NBC Sports who did do tour and who did like the Red Bull signature series so that was like our only client Mm -hmm. and then they you know the whole time I'm working there I was like why don't they just do this themselves like NBC Sports they have the staff that's what they end up doing so like (laughs) 
like one day I just went in there and he's like, Hey, uh, you're laid off for the next two weeks. I'm like, okay, cool. Like this is just temporary. And then like, I got an email like a day later and like, actually this is permanent. I'm like, all right, we're in. So like, I got to figure something else out. So, yeah. um, I think for like a year I was just trying to do like focus on riding. I know animal was like looking for help filming. So I was kind of just like doing that part time and I was living at home. So I didn't really have too much expenses other than just like my student loan bills and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I was just kind of like honestly scrapping along for a while. Um, and then I just really just kind of felt like I wasn't doing shit and I'd like really need to get motivated again. So I started like reapplying for jobs and, um, I really wanted to stay like in the film and video industry, but yeah. in Philly, the market's pretty small. So like I was having a hard time finding opportunities and shit that fit me. And, mm-hmm. um, I randomly had through, through my wife, there's one of her friends had a job up in New York and she was like, Oh, would you ever be interested in this? And I was just like, really against moving to new york i wanted to stay in philly i just mm-hmm. loved it and i was like ah, you know like i'll see i'll see how it is and um ended up going up there and it was for like a job in the ad tech industry just kind of entry level doing just uh like entry level creative for them and stuff and i was like hey, like let me just give this a shot i was commuting like two hours each way door to door for a year yeah. and i just really got into it and it was like a good opportunity and um it was like a smaller company. So I was able to kind of like work my way up with them as they were growing and, um, ended up like moving to New York like a year later with my wife and just been up here, been up here ever since. So. Damn. That's what's up. What, uh, what kind of stuff do you do? So I do like a little bit of everything. I'm, I don't have any coding background or anything like that, but that's like kind of a big part of this. I, I can't really write code, but I can read code. So I just do a bunch of like QA for our developers I do a bunch of like creative work for just like uh, concepting and and packaging up assets and stuff like that. And then I also kind of head up a lot of the video work we do. So just building out like what we call dynamic frameworks and just ingesting a bunch of content into these videos and spitting out like a thousand different iterations of like a single video and customizing content and stuff like that. So it's cool. Yeah. Damn, dude. That's pretty crazy, man. Like it sounds like you were getting a lot of buzz on the BMX end, but you kind of had a, this I don't know how to say the smarts, but like something that, to kind of like look past that. You know, you weren't like, yeah, I'm gonna definitely be a pro bike rider. Like I'm gonna do shit. Yeah, I mean, I grew up like it's. I always say like I think Belcher said something to me one time. He's just like, dude, you don't want to do this shit. Like you know, like he's like it's he's he's just like dude, just work like and ride for fun. And mm-hmm. he's like 100 percent right in that way because it's just I don't know. Not that I ever could have done anything with it regardless, but like I was always just kind of the moment like I started taking it more serious, I realized how like it kind of does strip the fun out of it. Especially mm-hmm. with like filming too. Like when I was filming riding and dudes were like, Oh yeah, I want to meet up out here and I wasn't filming my friends anymore. I was like just starting to film other guys. Not that I didn't like it, but it was just kinda of, like it felt like a job and I was like, This fucking sucks, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it didn't feel like I was out with my friend just like, you know, hanging out, getting getting clips here and there and just like you know, you felt like more obligated to like pressure guys to be like, Oh, like what about this spot? Maybe you should do this. And like, yeah, I drive out like an hour to go meet up with somebody. They didn't film a clip and like, I'm kind of salty about it, but you know, it, it's, I don't want to be like, I just really right. wish I could like, go out and just ride with that person. But like when you have that whole kind of pressure to get like filming done. So I, I just never really wanted to do too much in mm-hmm. the industry as far as that goes. Like, you know, I, I definitely would like appreciate any opportunity I ever got, but like I could, it just really took the fun out of it, honestly. Mm-hmm. So 
I was always kind of just like steadfast on like, this is what I do to keep my sanity. So like, yeah, you know, I would never say my job that I have right now is super fulfilling, but I also don't really feel the need to be like kind of fulfilled through work because right. I can make enough to support myself and I have free time to ride. Like as soon as I get off work, I'm not like staying late. I'm not having to like deal with any bullshit at my job. I get to go out and go ride and go hang out and do my thing. So like, I'd rather live that life than like intermix it too, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and there is some pros out there that, that do that shit too, you know, like work full time and still crush it pretty hard on the side somehow. But you know, at this point pro am it's all kind of blending together and yeah and i'm not hating on it by any means because like it like it definitely works for some people but for yeah, me it yeah. just never really like i definitely had aspirations like try and be like a professional filmer in bmx or something like that or just like at least work on bmx projects mm-hmm. you know whatever just try and make some money and like you know it, i had a couple opportunities here and there and it was awesome but it was also kind of just like i realized pretty quickly that i just didn't like doing it for you know for, yeah. well, other than myself, I guess. Yeah. Did um, your BMX experience help you in your current gig, or was it just, like, straight from, from schoolwork? It kind of did, because, like, honestly, like, if you... I don't know if anyone's ever gone to school for, like, creative stuff, but, like, they don't teach you anything really about editing. They teach you about theory and concepting and, like, story building and shit like that. Like, all my experience from editing, I had already gained by the time I went to college. So, like, I didn't really learn anything new other than just from, like my own knowledge and from like researching this stuff and um so like yeah most of my knowledge from editing and stuff like that just came from working on bmx videos and obviously like getting to be around dudes like navaz is just like super helpful because he's obviously been doing it for so long and um just knows everything so i was always picking his brain growing up and um you know doing stuff like that that's sick man i i was uh unemployed at one point and i had i had a a dm typed out to navaz i wanted to just tag along and set up stuff for him like i was getting into video pretty hard there for a minute and i in my head i thought maybe i could get somewhere with video but i'm kind of glad i didn't try any further because it's like i was thinking like directing and shit but you know obviously it's like a whole that's a whole nother bag of stuff but in my head i was like man bike videos are so sick navaz is so sick it would be cool just to apprentice underneath him and just learn his his ways because i thought i just love the way that dude does it you know no yeah me too and i kind of honestly did the same thing like because you know i was very fortunate that he like lived not that far from me in philly and like mm-hmm. i got to see them work on like the colt videos like the first one before like colt was even like anything like i was like yeah. oh what are these dudes here for and he's like oh they're like this colt video and i'm like the fuck's colt you know like it just came <laughs> out and um it was just cool man like just being able to see a lot of that stuff firsthand and seeing him work on different projects and like always having like pro riders come out and work on videos with him and like getting to tag along and just like pick his brain on all that shit was definitely like really influential for me growing up yeah do you have any um special filming techniques you feel like sharing with anybody i noticed that you like to keep your eye on the viewfinder i think that's a that's a good tip <laughs> Yeah, I, I used to do that with fish, but I don't do that anymore. I, I use the LCD a lot. Like, I think right. a lot of that was for aesthetic. I felt like if you weren't using the viewfinder, you were like, I don't know, like, you always see skaters do it, but you have the fucking the LCD screen for a reason. And right. Um, if you have a yeah, flip out, use it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have like any. I definitely like have changed up my style a little bit, I guess, which is a little frustrating when I'm like looking at older footage because I'm just like, man, why the fuck was I 
so zoomed out or like why was I so far away with the fish I'm definitely like I balance trying to like keep it as tight as possible because I think that does the best job of like showing Mm -hmm. um like pace and riding and showing like the speed and and keeping it like interesting looking but I think nowadays people are like too punched in like that supreme shit has taken over and like honestly I just think it's whack because you compromise the spot and like to me that's one of the most important things not to nerd out too much but like I think showing the spot is probably the most important thing mm-hmm. and you're not really doing it justice like I, I the worst thing in the world is going to a spot and being like holy fuck this thing's way bigger in person like I never ever want that to happen like mm-hmm. I never want people to show up somewhere and be like oh this thing's huge or like that gap's way bigger because like you were so punched in yeah. that like you couldn't even see what was actually happening until it was too late you know what I mean like yeah um, or, or, or if it's like a really cool setup and you're not really doing your best to show that or like uh, you know like I think the riding should always kind of be the main focus so I think when people do like things creatively to like make a shot look pretty instead of making the spot look good I'm like I would never right I would I always like kind of you know want to want to showcase the riding side of things I guess so that's my main thing but yeah yeah it's like spot justice you know yeah no for sure because I'm like definitely like in the finding spots and you know i think philly is a cool city and most of the east coast cities have like a certain look and feel so just trying to like showcase all that stuff yeah sometimes yeah sometimes you like you'll drive past a spot every day on your way to work or something and you get to see what that spot looks like morning noon and night and you get to know where the sun hits that spot and you're like you know what sunset time that's when we're gonna go there the sun's gonna reflect yeah. off this is gonna look so tight you know i wish it i wish it happened like that but like <laughs> things just happen organically yeah, i live yeah. in new york now so like when we go to when i go to philly it's like that's our opportunity to film so like you know those vxs are fucking they're not really dynamic cameras and they're super contrasty so if you're in the shadows and it's like yeah. beaming sun out it just looks fucking terrible and mm-hmm. there's times where i wanted to be like yo can we come back but i'm like we don't really have that luxury yeah. so it's like i just whenever we're there we're there and we film it but <laughs> yeah definitely i um, definitely had moments like yo would you want to come back at night and it's like well no I'm like, All right, cool, <laughs> do it. and you know like i'm never trying to put pressure on people especially if they're feeling like doing it i'm just like yeah. over here let's let's get it done then yeah um do you have any pet peeves with filming i know you basically mentioned it being in too tight i have an idea to throw out at you it's panning i think there's people are mad tight on the shot and like panning past how big the spot is and you're like i can yeah i can read the sticker on his frame but i can't tell what he did like yo that that, that too like I th- there's definitely a balance there because like you have to be tight enough to like because sh- if you're too wide and a dude's flying it doesn't look like he's covering that much ground because right. like you know point a to point b looks much bigger when you're out wider but when you're in tighter you know there's definitely a balance there so it's just kind of juggling that but i definitely know exactly what you're saying i mean i'm not going to be too critical because obviously like there's i watched some of my footage that i filmed and i'm just like why the fuck did i film it like that you know what i mean but yeah, we're all guilty <laughs> hindsight's always 2020 but uh i definitely have been like trying to just clean all my stuff up and i've just been watching how i film and mm-hmm. you know i try not to watch too much other stuff just because i think it like you know i watch the stuff that like i'm inspired by and outside of that i just don't want to be too influenced by other things and i want to like you know i like i like mm-hmm. trying to hone in on how i want to do things so Definitely. trying to stick to a certain style just so everything looks cohesive i guess how do you feel about uh editing your own part like do, do you ever feel like there was that was a faux pas at one point and now it's kind of died away or no i mean i don't mind it i just i like i've been lucky enough to have like navaz 
film or edit up like all my other stuff that I've done. So like obviously it's like a fucking honor to have him do that stuff. But there's definitely yeah. times when I'm like, you know, if I didn't trust somebody, if they didn't have the same like kind of general idea that I would have, I would I'd rather edit it myself kind of thing. Yeah. Um I think the hardest thing is just picking music for yourself. Cause like my tastes are all over the place and just hard to like you know, I don't like I know when I watch my friends ride, I have like an idea of like, okay, the the way they ride, their style, like it would go really nice with this. But for me personally, it's like I have a hard time kind of like making those types of decisions. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've had a couple songs picked out and I shot them over to Nevaz for his input. And he's like, these songs are too slow. And I'm like, really? Like I like them. Like, you know, like, and I, I really value his opinion. So I'm like, oh, oh shit, fucking not use them then. But I'm like, I'm really into this shit. So I, you know, just, yeah. Definitely I think just true. picking music is probably the hardest part. Yeah, because you don't want your part to be the part that like everybody skips either. <laughs> Never want that. <laughs> you mentioned you recently got married. Has a normal life affected how much you get to ride and work on other things? No, not really. I mean, like, me and my wife have been together for like 10 years now. So. Oh, wow. Cool. She's the best with all that shit, honestly. Like, when everyone comes up to visit she's like making sending their air mattresses up all nice and like making it all homey and she's always trying to cook breakfast and just be like the perfect host so she's she's not new to this shit you know what i mean she she was around when we had the shotgun truck house and dealing with all of us just being you know fucking young idiots and she she knows she knows what the deal is so she's cool with riding and all that stuff and she's she's all about it so that's what's up man yeah it's it's good honestly like she's got her stuff going on and Mm -hmm. i help i help her with like all her goals and she's definitely like you know she's good in a way because she's she doesn't give two shits about riding so it's humbling (laughs) in that way you know what i mean like it's hard to have any type of ego or like feel any type of way when your wife's just like i feel like you always do the same trick every time and i'm like (laughs) yeah do a lot of wall rides you know you get like funny comments like that but Uh, she's she's definitely awesome about a lot of stuff that's cool i i watched um i think it was oh headlights the the ride video oh yeah i i I paid for it and I was having trouble getting it to play and I was like raising a, a shit fit and my girlfriend saw like how frustrated I was getting with it and when I finally got it to work she would w- like decided to watch it with me and she doesn't know shit but she kind of likes talking shit and she's like I feel like he could have done that better and I just started laughing my ass off on the I was like oh my god like, you that's got- funny though yeah it's, it's, it's funny that way like <laughs> she'll be like hating on some of my shit and it's just funny I'm like you know it's like humbling you're like alright cool like, yeah. I needed that you know what I mean brings you down a peg yeah do you have um any uh any cool parts or like split parts that come to your mind that you think of that are like pretty memorable that maybe had a lasting effect on you yeah like left right as a whole that video was awesome but like the Philly section yeah I've just always been really into like just local shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. what goes on, like, Rat Kid and Belcher's video, that was, like, one of my favorite videos, and Status Quo that Joe McIntyre did, mm-hmm. like, was one of my favorite videos growing up, just because it's, like, relatable. You're, like, these are spots that we can ride, and that was, like, what really kind of, like, pushed my, I guess, uh, that probably influenced me the most, like, videos like that, and Left Right, mm-hmm. um, Insight, just because they were riding Philly shit, and I think there was a time when we were probably just doing like three block, friends select, city hall, dominoes, riding all that shit. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's in Philly. And mm-hmm. I had just moved there. So it like really kind of gave me the drive to just like hit every neighborhood and start like really just pedaling around and like made you look at spots kind of differently. But as far as split parts go, definitely the Philly section. 
Um, there's kind of like a Philly section inside too, or it's like a four-way split between Belcher, Tom, Rat, and Little Jeff. And then yeah. I always like the Little Jeff Rat Kid part in like one of the Shooks. So yeah, that's right, Shooks, man. Fuck, I forgot about the Shooks. Davey Watson and Mike Holder, they had a split they, part. Yeah, and Holder's got a couple peg clips in there. It's like funny. Yeah, that was back in the day. That song would get me so jazzed up, like I need to go fucking send it now. Like, uh, I don't know why. <laughs> That's how it was with the the Philly section. Like, I just thought like everything about that, like all the B roll that he used, like you could watch that, and it's just like a little, it's just a look at the city basically. Mm-hmm. The song, like that's just very like old school Philly soul style, like a mm-hmm. lot of horns, a lot of brass instruments. Like it just like everything about that part, I thought was like perfect. Yeah, like that would be like the one thing that would like. For that's like my favorite probably section in any video ever is like that Philly mix section. They just ride all Philly spots and a bunch of like my favorite riders in that part and definitely. Who would you like to see in a split part that hasn't that doesn't exist yet? If you had well, to speculate. That's a great question. Uh, uh fuck man. <laughs> like Hoder and Ruben or like Coder and or like Ratkin and Belcher probably that'd be sick. Yeah, that'd be those cool. dudes like rode Philly a lot together and they're big inspirations to me. So like I think maybe seeing a split part of those guys would be sick or I don't know. Definitely. Like Aiken and somebody. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> That's yeah. a tough question. It's hard to think of like what styles would marry well together, but sometimes I, I think, think of good like riding's good riding. So it's yeah. As long as you could tell them apart, you're you're straight. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I always thought um, Pat King and Benny L when they were both on fit, I was like, I got so excited. I was like, they're going to make a little guy split at it. I know it. They're going to do it. They never did. That would have been so fire because they're both like ridiculous. But whatever. I digress, you know. I get a little little jazzed up when it comes to bike videos, man. That shit's awesome. Me too, man. I'm definitely a nerd about that stuff. Is there going to be any split parts in the new video? I guess you're still figuring it out. Not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't th- I don't think so. There's going to be like kind of mixed sections. Like we have a ton of friends footage. So like I'll probably segment that up by like either regions or whatever. Like, you know, we have a, a bunch of footage of guys from New York and some of our homies from Philly. So probably, you know, break it up like that a little bit, but nothing yeah. like an actual split part. Cool. So everyone's got like too much footage to like. Yeah really kind of segment into like smaller parts they're just a lot. that's cool so it's gonna be a pretty long video i think yeah what do you think in the runtime is gonna be like an hour fuck i hope not like it's just because <laughs> personally like to be honest i i don't watch videos that are that long mm-hmm. so like it's just tough because we have a big crew so there's you got like 10 dudes with full parts like obviously the runtime is gonna get up there yeah i want to keep it as short as possible but i also don't want to cut out guys footage and a couple dudes are already gonna have like two songs and stuff like that so Damn. I, I, the big thing for me is I'm just I really want to try and make it feel shorter than, than what it is you know yeah. so like just make sure I keep the pacing up and make sure it doesn't drag out but it's it's probably going to be like 45 minutes or something like that so nice I, I remember what I wanted to ask you but I thought of a new one this is a sidebar pop quiz bonus question how do you feel about um uh, what's his name? Ian Schwartz's Sunday Up Up and Away part. Wasn't that like two or three songs? How did you feel about that? I don't mind that stuff. I mean, like, if yeah. the writing's like creative enough and if it's different enough, like, 
I, I, I was into his writing too, so I'm obviously biased. But like, mm. yeah, yeah, I don't mind having like three three songs. I think it helps too because like it keeps the pacing different. Like, you know, if if it's a long song and it's like six minutes long, and if the doesn't change up that much and mm. doesn't really have like different moods within it, like the parking get kind of stale. So yeah, I think having different songs sometimes helps with that shit. I like it when when uh, there's a two part edit and like the first half's like light and then the second half some like more like serious song and you're like oh this he's serious yeah, now yeah, he's yeah. gonna get down the pacing with the video parts is that something that you've always done where you like you kind of like make the part like slowly move towards like the harder crazier stuff or is it yeah i would say so i think it's probably like just the general flow i mean I think in the past I always try and open up with something that like gets your attention. So like something that would build personality, mm-hmm. um, just shit like that. And then, you know, like obviously use any opportunity that like kind of goes with the song to like incorporate like lines that go with breakdowns in the song or just, mm-hmm. you know, like try and build that flow. But you definitely want to, I, I like to build a cadence where you're like towards the end of it, you know, like the writing's progressing. Yeah. Cause I think it's like kind of tough when it's like a letdown when it's like you know it if it starts off real crazy and it kind of tapers off it's just like even though that riding is really good if you just reorganize it the part would probably shine way more so i think it's like mm-hmm. if if you just yeah i think i think order is pretty important so i definitely have that cadence where you're trying to like slowly progress the part you know yeah. it doesn't have to be like some big crescendo but like you definitely don't want to like i guess leave people hanging either yeah i when i was doing fucks with it i kind of Dude, I don't know what I was thinking, but it was the everybody's part was borderline um, chronological. But then it would be like, oh, but we're gonna put, we're gonna have, a, everybody's gonna have their own like banger clip or whatever, you know, a heavier clip mm-hmm. at the end. But like, I never paced the part up until that point, which I feel like is a big mistake on my part. But I wasn't even like, I don't know, it's some, I don't know, it's just I didn't do it at that time, you know. The chronological stuff cool too, because that's like it's just a different way to order it because naturally sometimes when you do it that way you do have natural progression anyway because you're you know getting dudes are learning new things or you know finding new setups and shit like that so like yeah you know it it could get better too but it's also like funny scene styles change like we've been filming for this for like probably like five or six years now so like there's definitely some like questionable fashion choices in there (laughs) like you know, it'd be weird to have that like at the end of the part. So like, mm-hmm. I definitely keep stuff like that in mind too. I guess I don't like, I don't really care about stuff like that. But it's, it's you know, it does anything that would make it look off. I just you know, right. keep that stuff in mind. Yeah. So uh, the chocolate truck Instagram never sleeps and it always has heavy heat on it. Who helps with that? How's how's that go? Like that's, it's a mostly little... Nick. Yeah. So yeah. mostly Nick. I like, <clears throat> I try and stay off Instagram as much as possible just because mm-hmm. like I don't know just it's a lot you know and it just yeah. like, kind of you know I, I find myself getting unmotivated just going on there all the time like it just it's like a lazy thing for me to do like whenever i'm bored i just hop on there and i'm like looking at shit i don't even know what the fuck i'm looking at so i just try to stay off as much as possible but yeah nick definitely helps out with like doing a bunch of stuff on there like he was just he does a really nice job just posting all the, all the homies and he's always in the group chat like send me your clips and just consolidating everything and putting stuff together i make like some like assorted chocolate videos so basically just like whenever we have a good weekend and we're all out together and you know shit that we don't film for the dvd we just get with our phones and um i'll I'll put together little edits i definitely always like to you know 
I know single clips are kind of like the way even people just do that stuff, but like I still prefer to have it be like a group effort type of thing. So like, yeah, I enjoy making those types of videos more because that's why I like watching. You know, like Nine East always did. Like even if it's not for their DVDs, they'll put out like a minute mm-hmm. little edit on their thing of just like recent footage that they compiled that they're not going to use. And it's just cool seeing like the crew ride together. So it's always you know that's that's the kind of stuff that I would like to make too. Dude, that's awesome, man. It's it's crazy because it's like all that shit is so good. It's super good. Like, yeah, I mean, like it's I, I'm not I'm definitely not one of those like people that hate on Instagram. Like it, it's it's definitely cool. You know, it helps you like meet new people. We've met a shit ton of people through that that have like stayed with us. We've stayed <laughs> with them and just like it's great for all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely like a lot, so mm-hmm. I would rather kind of I guess take the less as approach with that. But it's you know at the same time like it, it I don't think it discounts anything by putting it on there. So like yeah, dudes that kill it and they put their stuff on Instagram like you know I'd prefer to see it in a part honestly, but it's who am I to say like what they should do with their footage, you know? Yeah, and, and it's just uh, like a personal preference. Like that's the aesthetic I like. I like the video parts. I like I like that consolidated effort where it's like all just one cohesive project i'm definitely more than that stuff like to each their own you know yeah i mean i think i think part of it i don't know maybe it's like chicken or the egg kind of thing but like you guys have so much so much attention and so much buzz and so many followers that i think if you post a minute long video people are going to watch every second of it like i'm i'm kind of at a weird spot where i'm like like i've been like I've been TBTing the fucks with it sections onto IGTV. I just started doing that because of quarantine. No real reason. I was just like, whatever. Like, I don't really fuck with IGTV. And so, like, part of me is thinking, who who watches anything past the first clip? But then, like, you know, when some when you know it's going to be good, you're going to sit there and soak it up, you know? Yeah, but that's a problem, like, with me, honestly. Like, when I'm on Instagram, I don't even look at half the shit. Yeah, like, you just... I literally, I, like, I'm just, like, I don't even let the video, like, load half the time. Like, <laughs> even if it's dudes out, like, I don't even know, like... It's just, like, a mindless thing. That's why I hate it. So, like... Yeah. I've just been trying to, like, really just, like, avoid it as much as possible. And then when I go on, I kind of, like, binge and just, like, actually... Oh, sick. Like, you know, catch up on some things. And then, like, I try and get off it again just because it's... It's, like, a hard thing to always be on, I think. Yeah. It's just a, a lot. It's, like content overload sometimes i have anxiety opening up instagram like basically i'm like when i when it comes to like a post i'm like all right you're gonna post and you're gonna get out like that's it like yeah <laughs> I feel that. damn so um dude this has been awesome is there any um future plans with chaka truck keep making videos shirts anything like that yeah i want to keep making stuff like um definitely trying to put this video out soon quarantine is kind of a interesting thing to navigate because it's like we put in all this work and like the last thing i want to do is do like a half-ass premiere where like we can't have a bunch of people there so like it's kind of tough juggling that so you know we want to put it out this year my plan is to just like edit it up and have it done anyway Mm -hmm. and then just hopefully some of the restrictions loosen up a little bit and we can do like a proper premiere in, in the next few months um, so that's kind of like a TBD, but mm-hmm. yeah, definitely keep making shirts and stuff. We've like kind of, kind of going back and forth about like trying to do some like more serious, like hard good stuff. And, you know, I, I think my goal has always been, and I haven't been the best at like staying motivated for something like this, but just to like make everything kind of self-sustaining. So be able to like pay for our own trips and like mm-hmm. be able to pay for Airbnbs and, and gas. And so that way we can like 
do shit for ourselves and just not have to worry about anything and you know like just just like all work together for something and then we all get to kind of reap the benefits of it like yes you know i I think it'd be like the coolest thing would be able to like just all do a big trip together that you know none of us had to spend a dime on and shit like that so yeah exactly cool so definitely has uh that's like that's the goal for now but right man i feel you i'm i'm right there (laughs) um as far as other videos go i think i definitely want to make like more videos after this but i don't know how definitely like smaller pro not smaller projects but just like when we do these dvds they just take too fucking long and they're like super overwhelming Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it gets to the point where like you've been filming for so long that some of the footage is so old you don't want to use it and that like you know it's just like it's not pressure but it just it just becomes like too overwhelming so i'd I'd rather do things that are like more period based like oh we're just gonna film for six months whatever we get we get right whoever has bigger sections they'll have their own stuff whoever doesn't we can do split sections whatever just like more project like that i guess because just keep it keep Mm -hmm. it light and keep it moving so cool man um real quick uh one more video nerd question uh how do you feel about like splicing songs i think it was like the low-tech mixtape maybe where like every it was a whole mix of people but like maybe only 30 second snippet of of a song for that person and like another snippet for that person if it works it works like i you know i definitely think if you do it right it can help the video flow for sure like that was one thing i was trying to do with our videos is like i would have songs fade out into somebody else's part because kind of like I don't know. I'm not crediting him with the technique. But like, I always saw in the positive that in his videos, like, if you watch it, songs are tapered up into another section. Like, if it's just like part, part, part mm-hmm. with like a black title screen in the middle, it just looks a bit too, like, you know, segmented, I guess, for my taste. So, like, mm-hmm. definitely like when music kind of blends together and even if it's not within a single part and just like it can kind of help like link people's parts together if you do it that way. So, cool. Oh, yeah, man. Well, do you have any, uh, as we close this out, do you have any hobbies outside of uh, BMX? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm BMX is definitely like probably like my main thing. I just live in New York and and you know going to Philly. The scenes are both like crazy good out here, so like mm-hmm. just kind of always around it. There's always a ton of people to ride with. But outside of that, I just I like shooting photos, like making videos, editing stuff. Um, you know, like trying to learn to surf recently. Oh, cool. And, super easy but trying to do that i like cooking cooking has been like a big thing for me and fucking around making pizzas and shit like that and um yeah i mean it's mostly riding that's kind of like mm-hmm. the main thing i just don't have a lot of free time anymore so it's like any, ch- any chance i get to ride them that's probably what i'm gonna try and do so so you've been working throughout the whole thing just working at home so you've never really yeah, had a super been, which has been awesome honestly because like i was pretty busy for the last like two months which sucked just because i was you know by the time i got done work most of the dudes were already done riding for the day and shit like that so mm-hmm. be like just lurking around by myself trying to find stuff so it wasn't that fun but now i'm kind of slowing up at work and for the first few months we were really slow because we lost a lot of our big travel accounts so there wasn't a ton of work coming in so i was just like skipping out at work at like two o'clock <laughs> so it's had its ups and downs and like mostly positive for me i'm trying to get as a positive thing opportunity just like more shit that I, I've been putting off and mm-hmm. um, trying to stay motivated with like different projects and stuff like that cool man well I'm looking forward to seeing Chaka Chuck too uh, is there anything else you'd like to say any, any shout outs or anything like that 
Oh, man, I appreciate the opportunity. Definitely shout out to everybody that, you know, supports us and buys everything. Greatly appreciated. Um, always, you know, appreciate all the good feedback that we get on the stuff that we do. So it's definitely cool. Um, thanks to Animal for always holding it down. Kink, for sure, for just being the best. Just not really ever, like, caring what I do. Just let me ride and mm-hmm. not really making me do anything. <laughs> yeah. Definitely got a good situation over there going, so... Oh, shout out to Mesereau Shop, too. Yeah. Shout out to Burke Street. Shout, shout out to Yeah. <laughs> we're here. You know, we're doing stuff. I got to get you a stem, buddy. Andrew was trying to give me a rock one, but I just, I like to keep it keep it simple. Those things are fucking sick. <laughs> Thanks. Like I'm telling you, a lot of people out here have them. Really? Yeah. Dude, yeah. That's cool. You're just pushing them things. <laughs> Sweet. Saving kneecaps one at a time. Yeah, right? <laughs> My knees are already fucked. They're kind of a lost cause. <laughs> That'll do it too. Yeah. All right, man. Be easy, man. Take care. I appreciate it, man. Take it easy. See you.